0: Hello Masterplan World. Great to have you all listening and I'm really pleased to be bringing you a new takeaways episode. For those of you who've missed my conference takeaways, happy days. There are at least another three coming your way in the next few weeks. Ecommerce Expo is co-located with TFM, that's Technology for Marketing at London's Olympia. And it's held over two days. And just like last year, I spent much of my time catching up with people and didn't go to any sessions. If you love the sessions update, then you just you wait for my takeaways from IRC that should be coming to you next week. Now, last year, I was lucky enough to present a session on behalf of Trustpilot, whereas this year I got to chair my own session on subscription e-commerce. So I've got updates on that coming your way, together with a couple of new tools and a little bit of a few discussion points, the key talking points from the conference, which includes the change of show owner, the Magento 1-2 situation, uh, Amazon Click patent expiring and GDPR. Before we dive into all of that, don't forget, well, I haven't told you about it yet, but as per normal, you can get my whole script for this show, think of it as a big old blog post, at com forward slash 122-5. dash Okay, so 122-5. dash There you'll get the links to everything I talk about, the typos, and um, pretty much everything I'm saying, although I may go off-piste, in which case there's probably going to be a few things in this, in this podcast that aren't in the script, but you can get all of that at Ecommerce Masterplan.com forward slash one two two dash five. That's the number of this podcast. Okay, subscription e-commerce then. I hosted a panel with Dave Rothero, star of this podcast, episodes twenty two and seventy six, and founder of Cheese Posties. And also Chris Lambert, who's the founder of Box, which is S C R A W L R B O X. And we discussed the opportunity of subscription e commerce. So Dave's business is a weekly cheese postie, exciting and varied. And uh, Chris's business sends out art supplies to graphic designers and artists each month. It's a discovery box option. Now, I opened that session with some stats, which several people came up to me afterwards to clarify. So I thought you'd probably appreciate them too. So I'm going to take you through my intro and then add a couple of stats at the end. And then I'll take you through kind of the key talking points from the session as well. Subscription e-commerce is in many ways still the new kid on the block. It covers a diverse range of businesses and product types, including the discovery boxes like Birchbox and Barkbox, the helpful consumable products like Dollar Shave Club, food delivery like HelloFresh or Grays, and increasingly as an add-on to a normal e-commerce business. But it came of age in 2016 when Dollar Shave Club was bought by Unilever, of all places, for a cool $1 billion. And it's not just a one company show. Um, According to Hitwise, traffic to subscription businesses grew 3,000, yes, 3,000% between 2013 and 2016. Now, to give you a comparison, growth... For over the same time span for the top 500 e-commerce sites, also recorded by Hitwise, was only at 168%. So a massive growing sector. So customers are enjoying the subscription model. The link to the article with all the Hitwise stats is in the show notes, but there's another two particularly useful stats I want to share with you. Right here, right now. So uh, we have the most common subscription shopper is a female, 25 to 44, educated with a higher than average income. But be aware it's not that's not kind of like the standout sector. So please, please, please don't hear those stats and think this is only for women who are 25 to 44, educated with a higher than average income. There are subscription operations that work for many, many different sectors. So it's not a one trick pony from a customer selection point of view and social media is absolutely key in december 2015 hitwise data showed that 13.5% of referral traffic to subscription businesses was from social media great nice well let's compare that to the same information for traditional retailers where social media was only 8.4% of referral traffic that's a huge increase for the social for the sorry for the subscription businesses Now, this last stat reflects a recurring theme in our panel discussion, which was that subscription e-commerce is heavily about community and referrals. Both my panellists were focused on using community to drive the initial sale through social proof, referrals, free traffic, review sites, those sorts of things. And also actively using community to create engagement with their existing customers to keep them subscribed. For example, Cheese Posties have just launched their own Facebook group for customers and have always encouraged the sharing of postie hacks and photos. And Box encouraged their customers to share what they've created with the contents of their box across social media, all pulled together on the community page of their website using the app tag board. And they also have regular featured artists on the website. And before we move on from subscriptions... I would love to have more subscription businesses on the podcast in 2018. So if you'd like to come on and talk about your subscription business, then please get in contact um, and you'll find details of how to do that on the website. Okay, a couple of new tools for you. As always, these come with a bright, shiny object warning. Um, Only go and have a look at these if you think it's going to solve a problem you already have. Don't look for problems or solutions even without problems. Always get that one the wrong way around. Okay, number one. Phrasy feelings light. I'm gonna spell that for you. So P H R A S E E, Frazy. Feelings is P-H-E-E-L-I-N-G-S, so feelings with the P H at the beginning of the F and Light spelt L-I-T-E fun when I spell things out, isn't it? Uh, So Phrasee are a business completely focused on using AI, that's artificial intelligence, to improve your subject lines and thus the performance of your email marketing. They're paid services aimed at the enterprise sector. You need to be sending out about 100,000 emails per month for it to really work. So it's not for most of us, but they put a little bit of the tech out for free so you can give it a go. It's called Phrasey Feelings Light, and you can use it to work out which emotions make your customers respond. I'll just take you through how to use it and then what well, how to use the tool and then how to use the, what comes out of the tool. So go to the link on the show notes page. dot com forward slash 122-5. Once you're there, enter the subject line in the first box. Pick your best performing one that's more interesting than sale now on because you're not going to learn a lot from that. Um, choose your business sector. Enter your name and email. Yes, you do have to sign up, but their emails are great, so it's not really a hardship, this one. Um, once you've done that, you're going to get a report explaining the sentiments, the emotions of that subject line. Once you know what emotions that subject line was triggering, you can then use that knowledge to create more subject lines that trigger the same emotions. So if certain sentiments have got your customers to buy in the past, then creating subject lines that use the same sentiment should lead to more sales in the future. Emotion is a super powerful th- thing and something we often forget about in e-commerce when we get a bit too focused on those numbers, but it, we really shouldn't. And there's going to be more on that, most likely, uh, in next week's takeaways as I'm hosting a panel discussion about emotion in e-commerce uh, to the Internet Retailing Conference IRC uh, later this week. Okay, number two, tool number two is Domo, D-O-M-O. Okay, I might be mentioning this one a little prematurely as I haven't yet fully road tested it. But from the in-depth demo I got at the show, thank you, Bertie, for that. um, This is an awesome tool that has the power to transform real businesses. Domo's stated mission is to eradicate the spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, they're going big. Uh, Now, they want to do for reporting what Google Analytics did for website analytics. The full tool is free. Well, until you seriously create and share a lot of content with it, which I think you'd need to be a very big business to manage. So for the great majority of you listening to this podcast, and potentially all of you, this tool will be free forever with unrestricted access to everything that's in it. So a real proper free option. Um, So what does it actually do? Well... You can integrate the data from all your data sources and turn them into easy to use, automatically updated visual dashboards. So you can use it to compare product performance, to compare website performance, to look at social media, advertising. You can use it to analyse how your physical stores are performing. All kinds of things. If you've got the data, it will deal with it for you. So it's probably going to take you a couple of hours to... Pull all that together to get it all set up. And I do recommend you use their ready to go templates to start off with. And then you can start editing those, adding things, removing things to make it work perfectly for you to put the right information right there on those visual dashboards. Once you've got it set up, it means all you have to do to check everything's working right in your business is to log on to your Domo dashboards Okay, things are good. Oh, that's looking great. Let's go and find out why that's happening. Great. Or that's not looking so good. We need to go and fix that and then get on with the rest of the day. So no more manually populating spreadsheets as it's going to do it all for you. The warning on this one, though, is that you could easily lose a day to it when you first set it up, which is why I haven't yet properly opened the bonnet on this thing myself. So be sure this is something you should be looking at this side of Christmas or put it on your list for January. If you're doing Facebook ads, though, Facebook ad performance templates would be a great place to start. Now, you can find the link to the Domo free sign up on the show notes page, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 122-5. So now let's get into the key talking points from the conference. And there's a few big topics on the go in e-commerce at the moment that were under discussion at e-commerce expo and which, to be honest, I haven't really covered in the podcast yet. So here's some thoughts on them. First up, the change of show owner. A few weeks before e-commerce expo, the show changed hands. General consensus was that this is an exciting development. If I didn't hear anyone have anything negative to say about it. Uh, for the first time, pretty much every single stoolholder holder at the event enthused to me about how they were having a great show. Now, lots of I always ask them and usually I get a mixed bag. Some are having a good time, some are having a bad time. No one ever enthuses about how great a show is, but everybody was. Everybody pretty much was enthusing anyway. Um, So that was quite crazy. And if they're all having a great show, it means the right people are coming through the door, which means the show proposition, the content, etc. is spot on for all you retailers listening out there. So I would expect it will be a better show next year, too, because they may have only bought it a few weeks beforehand, but they'd already started making some changes to the marketing and to the content. So looking forward to finding out what that brings in 2018. Shopify had a stand. Next talking point. Um, this is the first time I think they've ever exhibited at a UK show. So that was interesting to see. It was only a small stand. There wasn't a lot going on. I think they were more just there testing the water than anything else. Um, but I thought that was worth alerting you to Because I know we've got a lot of Shopify users on the uh, listening to the podcast. Next talking point. Okay, this is a bit of a biggie. Uh, Magento 1-2. Or rather, the desire of Magento to make everybody who's on Magento 1 move over to Magento 2. Now, whilst this obviously isn't directly affecting those of you who aren't on Magento 1, it's still something you ought to be aware of because it's going to have quite an impact on site builder availability. In a nutshell, what's happening is that Magento want to move all their users to Magento 2. But to move from Magento 1 to Magento 2 is a complete rescope and rebuild. OK, so it's a full re-platforming, basically. So if you, it's just the same as if you were moving from Shopify to Big Commerce. You're doing a full rescope, rebuild, etc. Now, moving up to Magento 2 does unlock a lot more functionality, if you need it, um, but at a higher price point. So not much of a carrot to move, quite frankly, but the stick is quite fierce. At some point after November 2018, Magento will cease to support Magento 1. That means no security patches, etc. They pretty much stopped developing the platform already. But the biggie will be when the security patches stop. You do not want to be on Magento 1 when the security patches are no longer being released. Now, they have said that they're going to give at least 18 months notice on that date. So the panic and urgency that we had earlier in the year when the date was going to be November 2018 has at least gone. The stay of execution means anyone on Magento 1 can breathe a sigh of relief. However, not a big sigh of relief because to stick on Magento 1 puts your fate in someone else's hands. And I'm never a fan of putting your business in that scenario. Why does it put your fate in someone else's hands? Well, first off, you're on a platform that the developers don't care about. So don't expect any nice upgrades or new functionality. And then secondly, 18 months notice isn't that long in e-commerce. It's reasonable. It's a fair amount of notice, but it's not that long. For example, if they announce that 18 months notice in June 2018, that gives you until December 2019 to be moved. Now, if Christmas is important to you, as it is for the majority of retailers, June is too late to start scoping a new site for Christmas 2018. So you're going to be working on it from January 2019 to get it ready over the summer in time for Christmas 2019. Along with everybody else. Now, there's only so many site builders, and they don't expect huge numbers of people to suddenly be wanting to upgrade. So, you're going to be fighting for availability potentially if that were to be the scenario. And you're going to be forced to do that upgrade in early 2019, which may not fit with the rest of your planning. So, my advice for anyone on Magento 1 is twofold. First up, Set your date to change now whilst it's still on your terms and do it sooner rather than later. Right now, you've got at least two years to get yourself sorted. So it's time to work out when you want to get it done. And I would go sooner rather than later. I'd make it a 2018 project if you can. And whilst you're doing that, take the opportunity to decide if Magento is still the option for you. If you've got to do a full rescope, rebrief, create a full brief for your website guys to to come back with cost on, then why wouldn't you investigate the opportunity for moving on to another platform if it suits you better? There's been such changes in the e-commerce platform space over recent years, with you know Shopify coming to the fore, Shopify Plus now being available, um, the changes that have happened with B- with big commerce. EKM rebranding and refocusing, there's so much going on out there. I would definitely investigate other platforms, other builders, if you're going to go through doing this. Because it could mean that you get an even better website for a much better price. Now if you want to find out more about the situation and your options, you can do that in two video sessions of the Ecommerce Master Plan Virtual Summit. It's completely free and available right now via eCommerceMasterplan.com forward slash summit. And those two sessions will really give you the ins and outs of this. There are I would say the two of them are a must watch if you are currently on Magenta One and it's completely free. So why not go and go and grab that? ecommercemasterplancom forward slash summit. Okay. The next talking point then, the Amazon one-click patent expiring. Personally, I think this is a bit of a red herring, a bright, shiny object set to distract the majority of us. Amazon have held a patent on the one-click button since 1999, and it expired this September. Is this an amazing opportunity for everyone in e-commerce? No, it's not. It's a great extra extra piece of functionality for those that have very loyal customers who are happy to have their details saved at the retailer and are confident hitting the button once and getting stuff delivered. For the retailers, if you've got those customers, the other thing is, are you ready to get orders of single products rather than them grouped together? Because that makes a big shift in your ops processes. So what's going on in the warehouse with your couriers, etc. You're going to need to be able to amalgamate. So I'm sure that ASOS, M&S, eBay and marketplaces will do very well with it. And it's certainly worth testing for them. And it may offer some great functionality in the B2B e-commerce sector. But for the rest of us, how many of your customers would feel comfortable buying your products with just the one click? Okay, GDPR. Oh, God, GDPR. Okay, um, big bad GDPR. Um, A few of you have been starting to ask for my advice on this recently, uh, and it was a topic I was discussing with people at e-commerce expo too. Now, I don't yet have the answers on this. Um, I'm purposefully waiting for the guidance from the ICO to be published before I give you any advice. Before I start giving you advice, I want there to be as few assumptions being made, as few question marks over it all as possible, and that's not yet something I can do because we need more information from the ICO, which I th- believe they're due to deliver this side of Christmas. Um, they're usually quite good to us, so hopefully they'll get it out in the next month or so. Once that's out there, I will bring you some kind of advice on what you need to do. What, I'm, what format that will take, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog, whether it's a webinar, I'm not sure yet. But something from me about GDPR, I am pretty damn certain will be out with you this side of Christmas. That still gives the great majority of you plenty of time to get it all sorted out. So for now, let's just get on with focusing on driving those Christmas sales. So, that's my updates, my takeaways from e commerce expo 2017. An eclectic mix of topics, I think you'll agree. The next takeaways episode should be out next week. It will be slightly less eclectic, a bit more focused, and it'll be my takeaways from the internet retailing conference. I am chairing a session in the full conference on emotional e commerce and then the whole analyze and conquer stream, where there's loads of really good stuff coming up. So, there's going to be lots to bring you from that one, I reckon. We'll see how things go on Thursday. Um, if you want to get stuck into some more conference style content in the meantime, then my eCommerce plan Virtual Summit remains open to registrations. It is free. You will have access until at least September 2018. Uh, and you can sign up right now at eCommerceMasterplan.com forward slash summit. As for this show, you can find the script and the links at eCommerceMasterplan.com forward slash 123. 2-5, so the number of this podcast. If you are at IRC this week, please do come and say hi. It's always great to meet those who listen to the podcast, find out what you think, and have a bit of a chat, and have a great week, all of you, and don't forget to keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the eCommerce Plan Podcast. Find out more at eCommerceMasterplan.com.